0: You're listening to The Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at PlayAlberta.ca. Sign up and receive a $50 welcome bonus using the promo code CASINO50.
1: Preds, Willie, how you doing, my man? I am doing well, guys. I'm doing well. Not as well as uh, anybody who's following the Oilers these days, though.
0: Yeah, well, winning seems pretty easy right now for the uh, for the blue and orange. Not uh, it's not normally the case, but uh, it has been obviously uh, quite the uh, quite the heater for them. Uh, there's no question about that. And um, I guess before we get to the matchup, uh, you, you look at the Preds; they're in a playoff spot right now. Um, how uh, it, it's I guess give me the update on you know Tyson Berry that come out. I ah, wanted a trade. That really seems to have quieted down.
1: It has, and and part of it is. Uh, I think they have come to an agreement on... I think they have looked for other situations. And nothing really has popped up uh, yet. And then uh, Tyson Berry, for a period of time, did get hurt and was unavailable for a while, and now he's sort of on the outside looking in. He's been a healthy scratch most of the time. He did get into a game recently, his first one in a good while last Saturday in Arizona. Didn't play particularly well, and then has been scratched in the two games since then. So it's been a bit of a holding pattern. I give him a lot of credit for, for being very patient, uh, not rocking the boat at all since the initial story hit uh, several weeks ago. And so he's just kind of waiting it out here. And, and I do think over time as we approach the trade deadline, you're going you're gonna to hear his name for sure. But obviously, as you guys know, because you know he was under contract with the Oilers when he was traded in that Matthias Ekholm deal, his cap hit. Right now is probably the biggest barrier uh, of anything right now. But as yeah. you move forward in the season, maybe somebody uh, has the ability to to make him um, part of their lineup and be able to fit him under their cap.
0: When you look at the uh, at the Preds, so he's on the outside uh, looking in on their blue line. Um, you know they, they got some they got a little a few young guys and one guy who I know I see a lot of people are very excited about the potential of uh, you know Carrier on the back end. Right now is a pen and UFA. And uh the Nashville Predators it was interesting talking to a Matias how he said, Man, when I came in, I was a young guy who I had some offense, but they're like they taught you all how to play defense first, then you worried about the offense. It was be a defenseman first. And you look at the pipeline of defensemen that they have developed in Nashville, it's outside of them and Anaheim. I don't think there's any two teams close. So what where do you think they're at with Carrier and 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 an extension? And, and any idea, you know, if it's coming? And like, do do you see any truth to the matter that, you know, he's a guy who might even be moved even though they're in a playoff spot?
1: I, I think in the coming weeks we might get a little bit more clarity on that. I get the sense that they would like to keep Alex Carrier. He, he seems to be a very good fit with Jeremy Lausanne, uh, who has really come on uh, and, and taken the next level to his game with physicality, and sprinkling in a little bit of offense. Carrier was a big hero last night, got a big game-tying goal. Uh, So his stock is rising a little bit. The only issue that Carrier has had over the course of his career is staying healthy. He's had several different uh, stints on on the injured list. I think durability is really the only thing with him. But um, you've got Barry, you've got Carrier, who are both unrestricted free agents, and then you've got Dante Favreau, also a right shot who is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. And so I I think those are the three guys to center in on on what to do. They're they're not going to keep all three, I don't think. And I I think it's almost surprising that they have had all three all year long. But that kind of shows you that they've been very patient and sort of waiting it out. So I I think that's something to look for. But I, I would have to think that Carrier is probably the bigger priority among the three to keep around long-term. But that's just how I see it right now. Yeah,
0: well, and that would make sense. Well, I, I think he's a guy, and when I just I look at how Nashville builds their team historically, it would it would be a surprise to me if they let him walk. But I also could see why he might be tempted to want to test free agency because I think as a right-shot defenseman, 27 years of age, there would be a lot of suitors.
1: Yep, and, and Barry Trotz knows that. It, it, we're, we're in this trying to figure out how Barry Trotz ticks as a general manager, right, it, and he's learning this as, as he goes as well. And the other thing that Nashville has is they've got a vision. They want to get up to being a, a loaded roster. Right now, that, right now they've had a, a very good year, I think, in terms of the expectations. they changed a lot of things. New coach, new GM, brought in Ryan O'Reilly, brought in Gus Nyquist, Luke Shen, you know, just to kind of change the leadership group some, add on to, to what Roman Yossi has provided for a long time. And so far, they've, I think they've overachieved. But I think Barry Trotz's vision in another couple of years is to how do you get to that next level back up to being a true contender? And there's a lot of different ways to do that. So I think he has tried to be open-minded to see what's out there. So it, they have a lot of cap space and flexibility. So if somebody blows them away with a trade offer for somebody, I, I think he's going to keep that big picture in mind.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense as, uh, we're joined by, uh, Willie Donich. So let's look at the, uh, at the orders and the Preds. Now the Preds did win the last meeting head to head against the, uh, the orders in Edmonton, uh, in November. And, uh, and prior to that, I think the orders had won 10 of the, uh, the previous 11 and the only one they lost was, was in overtime. They, they'd had their number, uh, specifically Leon Drysidle. It's, it's a, it's a unique stat to see at one player score that many goals against one team. It's just, it's almost unheard of really. So, you know, look at this matchup and how the play, Preds have been playing as of late. What's been, the, you know, the, the best elements of their game lately?
1: Well, the, the two meetings that the Predators had with the Oilers this year, and uh, they're well aware of the history, for sure. In, in fact, if you go back before that, when Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid were younger players, And the Predators had that real loaded roster under Peter Laviolette, and they were winning playoff series, and they got to the Stanley Cup final. I think there was about a 12- or 13-game stretch where Nashville dominated the Oilers. And then it completely flipped, uh, and the Predators finally got a good win against them here in Edmonton uh, earlier in the season. But that was a weird time. As you guys know, that was the low point for the Oilers. They split the two games early. And the Predators were off to a 5-10 and ten start. They, they didn't look very good early in the season. So it's been a long time since the Predators have faced the Oilers here. But uh, all that being said, I do think there's going to be some mental, uh, mental, I don't know if I would say baggage, but the mental challenge, I think, is to be able to, to see, you know, can you match an elite team like the Oilers playing the way they are right now?
0: You look at, uh, at, at Nashville and, you know, you mentioned how they want to, they want to build out and become a great team. The next few seasons are, are going to be a little painful because of the dead cap space, right? Seven and a half million, uh, next year and then eight and a half the, uh, the following year. Th- then it drops down to, to three and a half. It's a while because of the tourists and, and the Matt Duchesne buyouts. Uh, you know, they got, and then I guess even if you add in the retained salary next season with, um, Ryan, uh, Ryan, Johansson at four million, like rebuild doesn't really work for them, but do you see them possibly realizing that they're going to be kind of like Minnesota and have, you know, $11 million in dead cap space next year that maybe they'll surprise some people, even though they're close this year to making the playoffs to possibly trading off some penning UFAs.
1: Well, I, I think all options are open. You've got that pack of teams right now. Uh, you know, you got Nashville, St. Louis, Arizona, Seattle, St. Louis and, Seattle play each other. Yep. Then you got Calgary and Minnesota all right in there, and there's, there's really only one spot, unless you believe that the Kings are about to fall off a cliff, which I, I don't think is going to happen. I think the Kings will rebound at some point. They look like a strong team to me. So that's about six teams for one spot, and Nashville has as good a chance as any of the other teams, I think, uh, to get into that spot. But you, you just hit on it, you know, of what's coming. They do have some cap space that is – um, spoken for with the buyout of Duchesne, the retained salary for Johansson. But they, I think the vast majority of Predator fans think that they're coming out ahead on that with the changes they've made. And they already have plenty of cap space going forward. Uh, so I, I don't think it's going to inhibit them from doing anything they want. But I, I don't think they're going to spend – well, they obviously can't spend to the max. But I think you know their plan is to build the young – uh, farm system as well as they can over the next couple years see what they've got there so i would expect it'll be another couple years before you could really say they they could be a heavyweight but that's going to be the key milwaukee their their ahl affiliate has won eight in a row mm-hmm. right now they've got some really good prospects that are you know 20 21 years old that are that are contributing pretty heavily uh in a positive way for milwaukee right now so i think that's the vision so I think, no question, you could see them going a couple of different directions at the trade deadline, but I don't think it's going to be an all-in by any stretch.
0: Willie Donnan joins us. Uh, Preds in town tomorrow afternoon. Uh, UC Saro's going to get the start?
1: I don't know. Uh, they, they didn't practice today. It was a long flight last night. Minnesota to Edmonton, they did gain an hour, but it, it's, a, it's a good ways. And then the afternoon start... Um, I don't know that it's a given. Uh, UC Soros has started the last six games. Uh, he has really come out, I think, of a, of a poor stretch for him Yeah. Uh, in his previous few starts. But his last six have been very, very solid, very Soros-like. And the bar is always high for him. And Kevin Lankinen did get the win. Mm-hmm. and played really, really well in Edmonton earlier this year. And he's shown the ability to win in some tough spots. He's won in Carolina. He's won a couple of games in Dallas here recently. So, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they thought about Lankin in tomorrow. And then there's two more games before the break. You would probably just play Soros in those two. Okay. But I don't know. They they, they could just ride the wave and just keep Soros going all the way.
0: Yeah, no. And yeah, you wonder about that because if you do want any playoff success, you just can't have your starter playing all the time. And Soros is, I think, only. um, Georgiev has started more games than, than him right now in the National Hockey League. So it is a concern, and Lankanen, uh played well uh, the last time, as you mentioned, uh, an afternoon game, six in a row. Makes uh, sense in the fact that who he's beaten. So it'll, it'll be an interesting one. What quickly uh matchup time for you. Uh, the orders, uh, they have McDavid and Drysaddle play together last game. Uh, their head coach kind of hinted he doesn't think it'll change uh for tomorrow. So is, 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 I'm assuming it's Yossi, but which forward line, like Ryan O'Reilly, like how heavily, you know, matched, do you expect this to be for Nashville tomorrow?
1: Uh, I, I think they'll do what they have been doing, and and that is uh, you're going to see, obviously, plenty of Roman Yossi who is really rounded into form, I think, early in the season when the Predators played the Oilers. Roman Yossi was still adjusting to the, the style that Andrew Burnett is bringing to the table. He's much more acclimated to that now. So his numbers have been much, much better over the last few a uh, few weeks, I would okay. say. He's got, I think, 12, what, 14 points in the last 12 games if I've got the math right there. And So what they've been doing with Yossi is he's been playing a lot with Dante Fabro, but they also will have a number of shifts where Yossi will move over to the opposite side and they'll put two lefties on there. They'll put the veteran Ryan McDonough with him. And then they've got McDonough and Shen uh, to have two veteran sort of defensive-minded guys out there. And then they've got uh, Alex Carrier and Jeremy Lazan. So I, I think they feel like uh, re- regardless of which way they go, they've got some formulas that have been all right. But, you know, I, who can match up with those guys? Nobody, I, I don't think. So that that's obviously, obviously going to be a huge part of the game. But I think that what Nashville is going to want to do is try to play their game. What everybody sets out to do against the Oilers is try to make them defend, which nobody's been able to do for the last uh, month or two. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Willie, appreciate it, my man. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow afternoon.
1: All right. Good luck, and uh, and it's a, thank you for the great weather in Edmonton, by the way. It looks beautiful out oh, there. Oh, dude, get out in the uh,
0: River Valley, man. Go for here. a walk.
1: Yeah, it's looking good out here. Thanks for having me on.